Bloody Bathwater. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Nightmares Podcast, where we talk about all things horror, whether it be movies, comics, video games, anything that's horror-related. We're going to talk about it at some point in our lives. I'm your host, Zach Smith, here with Mark Conway and Brandon the Rack Focus Rakowski. How the hell's everyone doing tonight? Doing pretty well. Doing that, pretty good. That is Zach's new thing now. He gives everybody nicknames, because he got a nickname, which is American Zacho. Um, even though he hates it, but we love it, so we're going to give it to him anyway. I will stab you. I, what else is new? Uh, so anyway, so our topic today is one that I picked, which is our favorite non-rated R movies. Um, I'm rated sorry, R horror, horror movies. movies. Wow. Because yep. um, uh, <laughs> we are a horror podcast, and that's what we're going to talk about. Um, the, I, I don't know why, I, I don't know why I randomly thought about this. I think it was... Thinking about, like, um, I guess it was thinking about, like, what would be like if you were challenged to keep it at a PG-13 rating, um, like a lot of these people did. I don't know if they were, they said, hey, you have to do, have to do it, um, or if it just, that's how it turned out. So I thought this would be a cool thing to talk about. And also, too, a lot of people talk about traditionally how they all fucking suck. But, they really don't. But there are plenty of yeah. them that don't suck. And there are, there are a lot of for lousy, this one. Yeah, there are a lot of lousy R-rated horror movies as well. Um, like a rating does not equate to overall quality of a movie, if you ask me. I was going to say, doing research for this topic, it was I was surprised by how many horror movies that I liked. That I'm like, oh, that wasn't rated R? Well, shit. Well, dude, I think after you like reach a certain age, it kind of doesn't matter. Like yeah. you know, when like obviously when we were below the age of seventeen or eighteen, we we're like you know that became a thing. Like you know, is it rated R? Is it PG thirteen? But as you go into an adult, it's more about like you know what movies am I interested in watching? I don't really give a shit. They're not going to card us either way when we go to the theater. So what's it really matter to well, us? The, well, we can't go to the theater at all. But <laughs> that's what's well, I mean, before. back in the day, I found a way. <laughs> oh yeah, so did I. I mean, the um, uh, yeah, I never had an issue for some reason. The um, yeah. I think I think it got to the point where like you know by the time I was old enough to see rated R movie like it had already been too late and I don't know for some re- reason I never got carded um, uh, you know when I was there seeing a rated R movie I don't I I think half the people actually I don't know Zach you're the only one who worked at a movie theater so did you guys actually care so they do care but for the most part like here was my thing it's like. If you look old enough, I'm per- I personally didn't give a shit. And as long as you didn't look like a fucking troublemaker, I didn't give a shit. But if you were clearly like five or something like that, and you're just like, yeah, I'm going to see this movie. Yeah, no, you're not. I, I-, I still have a job to do. Sorry, So like kid. if it's clear that they haven't even gotten their peach fuzz yet. Yeah, and it's like, I- you know the kids that are trying to sneak into theaters. It's like, when they... If you're going to sneak into a movie, don't be so fucking stupid and obvious about it. Like, those are the ones that piss me off. I'm like, no, you, you suck at this. I'm ma- you're getting made, kid. You're getting made. Dude, that was the thing, though. <laughs> when we were all 13, we thought we were the, the smartest, most clever people on the planet. But we were all fucking idiots. It's like, I loved it when it, the It Chapter 1 came out. Uh, I was working that night. And these three kids, I forgot what, they bought a ticket to some chick flick. They're like seven or eight years old. I took one look at them. I'm like, yeah, here you here you go, kid. But they had security guards at each door. I'm just like, you got three kids coming your way. Gotcha. I just saw them being <laughs> escorted out of the building five minutes later. I'm like, Jesus Christ. So stupid. I can't remember what the movie was, but it was one of those things where it's like, bullshit. <laughs> yeah, dude. You know what, though? But, and I actually remember those days, man, before that, you know, when you could easily theater jump. 
Um, and I had done that at least at least a couple times. Um, yeah. Honestly, here's the thing: if you go on a weekday, no one's gonna give a shit. Every like you have the least amount of staff working, and everybody's just there. They're just kind of like, you know, whatever. We're just here to do our job. So, again, don't make it obvious. Don't be a fucking dick about it either. Just that's, be casual that's and be fair, smart. That's fair sense. Don't be like. Oh yeah, I'm I'm here to see this movie. Yeah. Oh my god. Like it sounds like such a good movie. Huh? Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Sure it does, kid. Yeah. Hey. Hey. Uh, here's the door. Yeah, dude. Exactly. The uh, the funny thing is, um, uh, I remember one of my like fondest memories of theater jumping was actually not on purpose. It was just like we bought the tickets uh, to go see another movie. I don't even remember what the movie was, and um, and taking a Pelham one two three with Denzel Washington was starting like right at the same time and and i turned to my cousin who was not of age to see any radar movies which by the way two weeks before we i i almost stuck, stuck him in to go see uh, the hangover um uh, we we were literally passing that theater and we're like do you even want to see this movie that we just bought tickets for he's like eh, i mean whatever kind of take it leave then you want to see this movie instead it's like sure so we ended up walking in the um i think that was like right before they started doing assigned seating the, um, yeah, our theater never had the assigned seating thing, so we never had to worry about that. But um, yeah, I never theater hopped. I don't know. I just never really felt the need to or cared to do it. So if we went to go see movies, we would buy our tickets to do like that. Now, when I was working at the theater, they wanted you to go get like all you had to do was show them your ID and you'd get free tickets. But you know, we never fucking did that. We just walk in. It's like are the seats crowded. No, cool. Go sit down. <laughs> you were theater hop, Brandon. Um, yes and no. Like, I didn't really, like, when I was, like, 11 to, like, 14, roughly, my brother worked at a movie theater, and at one point, he actually worked himself up to management, so it's like, I didn't really need to worry about the whole ticket thing. (laughs) He had the special privileges. Yeah. Oh, and he actually got to uh, bring me to uh, Two Towers two nights before it opened. Oh, that's cool. Because I mean, back then, that was before digital projectors, so when they got the movie in, they had to check the reels. So they would have late night screenings of movies, and so he took me for two towers early. Um, they still do have to screen the movies ahead of time, but they have one guy sit in there and uh, yeah. do it. It's like, yeah, so. Fair enough. Fair yep. enough. Very cool. Very cool. The um, uh, So I'm going to go, I'll go last, but uh, Zach, um, go ahead and you can go first. Uh, okay, so my first one is Darkness Falls. I haven't seen that one since it first came out on DVD. But you have seen it. I have seen it. What did you I, think about it? I remember very little of it. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember some kind of, like, weird twist on the Tooth Fairy, correct? Okay. So the general gist is, um, this woman in, like, there's this town, and in, like, the early days of, like, maybe Pioneers of shit, very nice woman, um, I guess she kind of acted like a makeshift Tooth Fairy or whatever. Mm-hmm. But something happened to the kids and all the parents, you know, burned the shit out of her. Mm-hmm. So now she haunts that town. She still does, like, the whole Tooth Fairy thing. But here's the thing. If you see her, she will kill you. Okay. Uh, yeah. So, and also, any light source, like, just even a dim light source, it will burn her. She cannot go into the light at all. So that's, like, the one defense you have against her. So, yeah. Kid sees her. Uh, tooth Fairy woman kills her, kills his mother. And then, you know, he's, like, perpetually afraid of the darkness and everything like that. Paranoid. Lives in light. And, you know, the movie kind of progresses and stuff, but I always thought the concept of, like, a demon that can only, like, survive in pure and utter darkness was really fucking cool. Like, that yeah. whole concept I thought was fun. I, I remember, remember watching like, it. the kid growing up, didn't he have, like, his house just, like, completely bathed in He light? was in Vegas. Yeah. 
He was living in Vegas, and like, every room in the house was essentially the lights. only scene I remember was when the main actress is on, phone, is on the phone with him, and she's like, how did you get over your fear of the dark? And he's just like, I didn't. You just see his house is bathed in light. And that's yeah. all I remember. Yeah. The, uh, you know what's so funny is when I was watching all the reviews for Alan Wake, they mentioned Darkness Falls a lot in those reviews. And now that you're describing the plot, that makes a lot of fucking sense. Yeah. I'm looking at the um, crew as well, and there are some people attached to this. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's a very underrated horror film. I thought it was very good at the time. This came out in the period, you know, when horror movies were kind of getting a bad rep. You know, it's yeah. well, I mean, when have they not had a bad rap in the mainstream? I mean, even by horror fans itself, it's like, there's no good horror movies anymore. Yeah. And then Scream came out and then everybody was just like, they're good again, even though they weren't. Anyways. Don't start that war, Zach. Yeah. The, um, uh, and actually this was, this was during the shitty remakes and the, um, the huge Japanese craze. This, this was, was more right at the beginning of this was oh three so that same year as Tex Chainsaw remake was it and okay. the year after the Ring yeah okay. so it was like right I, I remember there. this being more in line with like the Japanese and hell I don't know why I could I could have swore this was like maybe a late nineties or early two thousands movie but yeah two thousand three but yeah I always thought that one was really fucking cool um let's see my next one is Lights Out. Now, I remember the short film that it was based off, and I thought, that is such a badass idea. You know, you turn the lights on, the creature disappears, you turn the lights off, bam, it's right there. Um, the short film I thought was great, and the movie itself I thought was pretty cool too for the most part. Um, the whole thing about the girl being like a mental patient and attached to her, mo- like uh, the woman's mother's psyche or whatever was a little weird, but... It was still an enjoyable movie, and I would like to see them do more with that, or more with that concept, but eh, who the fuck knows. It seemed like kind of a failed idea. Nobody really saw it or grew attached to it, but I still thought it was a fun movie. I really liked the short film. Yes. Everybody did. Yeah. And that's why people gave them the money to do a feature. Yeah. Um, I watched the movie when I was on my first ship. Um, The one where I was... In good health. Uh, and I did not like it. I'm trying to remember plot details so I can say why I didn't like it. Um, but honestly, this is the first time I've thought about the movie since probably I've seen it. So that's what, like three years, going on three years at this point now. So it's just, I just don't remember enough to talk about it. I wish I did. That's one of those movies that I just I just totally missed. I remember seeing the trailer and I'm like, you know what, I want to check this I want to check this out. But for some reason um, it just blew right past me. I guess the uh, director has a YouTube page and he does offer like advice to uh, independent filmmakers. He went on to do Annabelle Creation and Shazam. So he's making it. But yeah, I, I remember when it came out, me, Marcus, and David were going to see it originally. I can't remember why the hell we didn't, but, you know, life just kind of caught up and I didn't have the chance to see it. And then, it was like maybe three years ago or something like that, I finally was just like, you know what, I have some time, let me watch this movie. And I'm like, it was pretty good. It wasn't great or anything, but for a PG-13 horror film, I'm like, this was pretty fucking fun. I'll probably give it a second chance if it def- if it ever just happens to come bu- come my way. I'll probably give it a second chance. But yeah. I probably won't go out of my way. Yeah, it, it's not so. like the greatest thing in the world or anything. But like I said, you know, of the PG thirteen horror films out there, it, it's definitely yeah. one of the better ones. I do remember I watched it around the same time I watched Get Out for the first time. Mm-hmm. 
Get Out was better, I thought. I think I would take Lights Out. Get Out's a good movie, but it's a very predictable movie. You see the trailer. You've seen the movie. I did not see the trailer, though. So You were lucky. Yeah. <laughs> the moment I saw the trailer, I'm like, I know this entire movie. I watched the movie. I knew this entire movie before I even watched and it. And there's a podcast And, and then Blumhouse happen. used that to their advantage for another movie that came out a couple years later. Invisible Man. Because we saw the trailer for that, and we were just like, we just saw the movie. And then we actually saw the movie. It's like, there's a lot that that trailer did not even yeah, touch Yeah, that's... That is the last movie I saw before the lockdown. I still love the fact that the last movie I saw before the lockdown was... Um, last Action Hero. Yep. And then the last new movie I saw before the lockdown was The Hunt. For me, it was uh, Invisible Man. Nice, so. yeah. I enjoyed, I enjoyed The Invisible Man. It, it was, was good. good, yeah. Was that PG? No, that was rated that R. Was R. That yeah, was R. That was a fucking rated hard R. That yeah. was, it was a good movie, though. It was. Yeah. Um, and I think he's... Leigh Whannell is doing one of the other Universal remakes now. I think he's doing The Wolfman with Ryan Gosling. That would be interesting. That would be interesting. Yeah. yeah. And um, then I think they're getting the director of Jennifer's Body to do the new Dracula. That would be interesting I don't know if well. that was ever confirmed, but I know that was in the talks. I wonder, how they're gonna, wonder what they're going to do for Dracula. Yeah. Um, anyways... Uh, that's about it. I've already talked about Insidious a couple times and Final Girls. We have a whole dedicated podcast. Those are the other PG-13 horror movies that I really love. Other than that, I can't think of any off the top of my head, but yeah. Main two, uh, Darkness Falls and Lights Out. Mark, you want to go since I have a feeling, since we just watched one of the movies I think you're going to be talking about? Uh, yeah. Um, this is another one, but I knew he was going to talk about it. Um, well, I I do have a quick list though. Um, there's, um, four that, uh, that are not of the main, you know, main list that we wouldn't normally talk about. Um, one of them was Disturbia. Um, I really enjoyed Disturbia for what it was. That was the, the, um... Did I watch that one? Inspired by Rear Window movie uh, with Shia LaBeouf in the early 2000s. That's we're going to go into the... Oh, if you that, liked it, it was homage. Wait, if you didn't wait, like it, it, it was, was a rip-off. Rip okay. Yeah. The, you uh, liked it. I did like it. I Interesting. Liked, I liked it for what it was. I liked I liked the I never saw it. You were the first person I met who liked it. Dude, a lot of people didn't like it because they didn't like Shia LaBeouf. The, um, uh, a lot, the, that was a big thing that I was hearing. Oh, he's a douchebag. Blah, 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 blah. I'm like... Still a good fucking movie. The um, it's still an enjoyable movie. I it built it built good tension. It did what it was supposed to do. The guy who played the the, the creepy neighbor was good. It was a cool concept. Um, it was a more of an updated version of Rear Window. Um, you know, there's a whole you know thing about him getting house arrest, and I thought it was a really a really cool idea for what it was. And it built for being a PG thirteen movie. It built pretty good fucking tension. And the guy who, again, the guy who played the neighbor was fucking creepy, and he did a really Maybe good Maybe I should job. rewatch it, because when did that movie come out? Because I saw it around the time like it came 07, out. 07, 08? It's, yeah, it's no, been... No, I think it was before that. It was only like 05. No, I don't think it would have been 05. 07. 07. Yeah. Jesus. I was going to say, I know it was roughly around the time I, either before high school or after I started, so... It's definitely been a good ten plus years since I've seen it. The um, yeah, that was that was one of my favorites, and I think um, also fourteen oh eight is still one of my favorites. Fourteen oh eight is a good one. I know a lot of people haven't. That's another mixed bag one for a lot of people. I think it's a really effective movie for what it is. Um, there's there was one scene in in the movie that I really love, and I thought it was really creative. Was when the shit's about to go down, and the alarm clock sets a timer to go backwards um, for how long normal people last. It was like. 
I think 20, 20 hours or something, whatever. An hour. And then John Cusack was like, like that's effective. Um, uh, and I'm like, this is a really good movie for what it is. It yeah. builds it builds excellent tension, has a cool story. Um, uh, it's it, it does it, it does its job effectively. It was a good movie. Yeah. So and then um, uh, Cloverfield and Gremlins. Um, Cloverfield. De- I I was debating whether or not I wanted to talk about that one, but I'm like, this doesn't feel like a horror movie to me. It is a horror. It's definitely a horror movie. There's there's several specific scenes it's... that when when she blows up behind the screen, that's that is a horror scene. The um, it's. And there's a there's a lot of things that are horror it, horror based. For me, it doesn't like I like if I had to say I could only give it one genre, I would give it to sci-fi. Um, but if I were to see Cloverfield merch at a horror convention, I wouldn't think this is out of place. Fair enough. I I I agree, I agree with him. Yeah. The uh, when it comes to that. Um, and I also think it's probably the best found footage movie. One of the best found footage movies. I'm not going to disagree with that. The, it is uh, definitely one of the best found footage movies out there, but whether or not I call it a horror, like put it in the horror category, I'm still not 100% certain on. And, and that's fine. And, that, yeah. and that's a perfectly debatable thing to say, but I still think it's, it's a solid fucking PG 13 movie. That's I, I still think it, it's a worthy movie to talk about on a horror podcast. Like, um, there are a lot of horror movies that I don't consider horror movies that still find their way at like horror conventions and horror stores. Because like, it is a giant month or a kaiju, as I should say. Yeah, because like um, I, I see the guest at a lot of horror-related things, and that's not uh, really horror. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I but, but it's like it doesn't feel out of place, even though it's not a horror. Movie. It's a darker action movie, I guess. So you know, it's one of those things. Like I think Brandon said it the best nail on the head, which is which is if I saw it among horror things I wouldn't feel as if it's out of place and I think there's a lot of movies like that that we kind of kind of make that kind of kind of thing like I but, see Mars Attack stuff all the time at horror conventions that is very true and, dude I got that mask yeah. from a horror box exactly so, so well I mean that's there's something we said there's certainly some very but I guess I guess when I think about it you know where would you put it because you're not going to find it in the action section and stuff like that so the only other place where you really could science fiction that's the only other place that I can think of that you eh, can put science, that in there that's true you know science fiction I would consider that science I guess, fiction I guess comedy. horror is just a very huge umbrella it is and then there's also like there's there's movies that are kind of like horror adjacent that like people like from that community absolutely love but you wouldn't necessarily consider them horror but people are still very much you know the horror-esque I can't think. I know there's a bunch of them, but I can't really think of any right now. That's fair. Um, uh, but the um, obviously Gremlins. We've talked about the Gremlins to death, but I, I love Gremlins one and two. They're both great. Um, if you haven't seen it, I don't know what you're doing with your life. Um, the um, Gremlins is a weird one for horror. I I, mean, I, I I can see why it's in there, but at the same time, it's always just like it's the first one. It's a lot more the first one than it is the second one. So. The second one is just like we're going over here now. Right, so the second one gets grandfathered into horror because it's a sequel to the first one, but the first one you can call a horror movie. All right, it's a horror adjacent. Sure, horror adjacent. Um, there you go. So all right, and then obviously Final Girls is going to be in this. We've we've talked about this a lot. There's, that one is probably the best PG thirteen horror movie I've ever seen in my life. It's definitely it's definitely up there for me. Um, um, and then the last thing, obviously, is um, Happy Death Day. Just watched it, uh, and I liked it. Um, I liked it a lot, actually. I thought it was a lot of fun. The um, uh, it was it's the horror version of Groundhog's Day. 
but I enjoy Groundhog's Day, and I enjoy those type of movies. So uh, it was it was definitely a, a lot of fun of a movie. It was cleverly written. Um, I unfortunately already knew the the ending. Um, uh, I, I but I also could see the ending. Uh, you know, quite you know I. I could just tell by how the the story was going. I just didn't know how certain things were gonna plug in, but it, um, I did see the ending um, coming and the twist coming. However, I will say this was though: was it because of the trailer back way back when? Yes. Um, Which that's another thing. But it's like I remember I saw that one in the theater, and I was staying with a friend at the time, and her boyfriend's cousin was there too. And I got back from the movie, they were like. Oh, how was it? It was good. And he asked, was this the ending? I was like, yeah. And he was like, yeah, I could tell from the trailer. I didn't see the trailer. So. Well, yeah, you, you're smarter than the rest of us. Um, oh, also, I was on a ship at the time, so how could I see the trailer? Fair enough, fair enough. The, um, uh, I will say this, though. She was great. Oh, absolutely. The lead actress was great. Yeah. And the lead actress actually made this, this movie what it was. I think that if she had not been there... And they just toss it up to whoever. I don't think it would have been anywhere near as effectively good. She had the right amount of edginess, right amount of motion, right amount of sarcasm, right amount of um, a real world weariness, um, and all combined it together to to create a really really good flesh out character. And yeah, there's some good script things in there, plot points that made it more effective and made it more make more sense. Because um, I spent, you know, like 25% of the movie, I'm like, when am I going to start liking this person? Um, because she doesn't start out as a really good person at all. Um, actually, most of the people in this movie are terrible human beings. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, this seems to be happening a lot lately. A lot of bad people in college circumstances. Um, I, especially with Brandon introducing Zach and I to Scream Queens. Um, uh, just bad people in college. Um, I'm glad I never rushed to frat. Uh, it makes me very happy that I never did that. But God, frats, I'll never understand them. I, you know, talk to a bunch of my friends. They, uh, they'll, they'll tell you the good and the bad and the ugly. But that being said, um, I finally understood here, and, and the, the, the beats happened perfectly in where they were supposed to happen. And for being a movie that pretty much, this is one of those movies that um, I understand. You know the. The violence didn't need to be there to be as effective, um, and I didn't miss it. I didn't miss it as much as I missed the violence in, in Final Girls. Like this is one of those I was like, I was like, I could take or leave the violence being in here. It wasn't really about that, um, uh, but um, but yeah, because this wasn't a slasher movie at all. It's really just one person trying to kill one other person. Which which through the entire movie, I was figuring like. Like, I know that this killer can't remember, but I'm like, good God, what if happens if they did remember? That would be so fucking frustrating to kill to kill this person and then have to do it over and over and over again. The Doesn't sound like a bad plot for the third one, where both the killer and her Both remember. know? Yeah. That'd be fantastic. I really do hope they make a third one. The second one was great. Not as ridiculous as me and Brandon were hoping it was going to be, but it was still a great movie nonetheless. Yeah. I hope they do a third one and they just go completely nuts with it. I have that same hope as well. Fair enough. You know. Yeah. We all could dream, Brendan. Yep. We all can dream. 
But yeah, those are those are overall my selections. I mean, you know, obviously we can go back and talk about Jaws and all the other ones from the past, but I think this is a pretty overall good selection. Again, uh, I was with Zach on this. That the more research I did, the more I realized, like, oh wait a minute, there are actually a lot of good ones. Probably, you know, maybe even more good ones than bad ones. The uh, I don't know. I still saw a fuck ton of bad ones. Movies in there. are an infinite abyss, Mark. Yeah. They, much like most of our souls. Yeah, and tr- trust me, if you really stand back and look at how many movies are actually out there in the world, there are always going to be way more bad ones than good ones. Especially when it comes to modern-day PG-13 horror movies. Cough, cough, wish upon, cough, cough. The, uh, well, Brandon's yeah. the only one here who watched that movie, but I we've talked about it. that dumbass movie enough. The, uh, it's, did it we ever talk about on the podcast? Yeah, because I made the same comment, and it's just like, yeah, that movie was stupid. It's mostly jump scares. It's mostly stupid. That well, I mean, that's that's pretty much the same thing. The main character's dad dies through a dumpster. That's his job. That sucks. Because he doesn't have stupid. a job, so he's just looking for stuff in a dumpster. That sucks. Yeah. Yeah. The uh, but anyway, I'm done. Brandon. All right. So I guess my picks. Yep. All right. So I'll just go through a couple real quick that we've talked about before. Um, Ten Cloverfield Lane. Is really good. Um, Drag Me to Hell is a really good one, but I haven't. It's been a while since I've seen it, so I'd I'd rather talk about it at a time where it's fresher in my mind. I've only seen it once. It was a good movie, but it was um, also kind of. Eh. It's very Sam Raimi. Yeah, extremely Sam Raimi. You don't say. Um, well, he had just finished the Spider-Man trilogy at that time, so that is true. And from my understanding, I think he—I think he said in an interview that he wrote the original draft of it right after Army of Darkness. Oh, oh so wow. this had been sitting around for years. Yeah. Um, Willard, uh, which I talked about when we did our twenty-five horror movie challenge last October. Willard, uh, but that was really—that's the one with Crispin Glover and the rats. I feel like for, yeah. Keep going. I'm going to yeah. look this one up. Um. I really like the Ring remake of the Japanese movie. Um, like that one is one of the quintessential early two thousands horror movies to me. That, that's um, one either you you like it or you don't. It's it's not the worst thing in the world, but it's to, to me it's just kind of. Some days I'm okay with it. Some days I'm like, this is stupid. Like it's got that interesting twist of it's also kind of like an investigative journalism movie in a way. Um, I really like the look of it. Um, I like the VHS tape that they watch. Like it, it really just feels like that weird, like urban legend thing that like a friend would tell you how to sleep over. Like the, I love the opening scene because like that's exactly how it would happen in real life. Are the, these two girls, one of them spending the night, the other is like, "Hey, did you hear about this?" Like that, that is exactly how it would have been. It, it, you know what? I will say this too. It's, it was perfect for the time. Yeah. Because nowadays, obviously, you know, like the V, you know, you ask a kid now, you know, a thirteen-year-old kid now, what's a VHS? I don't know. Yeah, That's VHS a very tapes point. still were mass-produced at the time. Correct. Uh, so. It was two thousand and two. The last mass-produced studio movie VHS was History of Violence in two thousand and five. Crazy. Um, I mean, and blockbusters were still very big at that time. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, in the internet wasn't quite to the craze it was. There's just some movies, men, that are just really good time capsules. Yeah. Sure. And um, I, I never saw The Ring 2, but I did see Rings. The Ring 2 was... 
Mm, which actually, for Rings, there's a short film called Rings, which is actually pretty cool. Um, it's basically these high school kids, they pretty much do this dare thing where it's like you have to watch the tape and you have to find somebody. Like it's, They turn it into like this sick game of theirs. Um, and it's pretty good. It's only like an eight-minute short film. And it's on the Blu-ray. Okay. Um, when The Ring 2 came out... Um, they re-released the ring on DVD and it came with like another DVD case that just had the short film on it. But if you get the Blu-ray, it comes on the same disc as the movie. Gotcha. And then there's, of course, Rings, the third full-length movie with uh, What's-His-Face from Big Bang Theory. Which one? The tall one or the short one? It's the short one. Oh, okay. The, um, uh, uh, he's the guy who's on Roseanne. Johnny uh, Golins. Uh, whatever. 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 Yes. Johnny G. How about yes. that? The um, not a good movie. Yeah, I saw the trailer for it. I thought it, was, it looked really stupid, and I'm like, eh, I'm not gonna watch like, that. The the beginning was so ridiculous. It's like this guy reaches the end of his seven days while he's on an airplane, so all the little TVs become the thing, and I'm just like, okay, if this movie can keep up this kind of ridiculousness, I'm in. It's not going to be good, but I'm going to enjoy watching it. So it wait, didn't. the best scene of the movie, that airplane scene, was literally within the first five minutes. That was the opening scene. Wow. Yeah. Um, which, it was just ridiculous enough that I enjoyed it. And was the girl that, from the first two movies in it? I don't care enough to remember. I don't think so. Well, that says how bad the movie was. But I mean, if and she was also Donnie Darko's little sister, and they got her back for that straight-to-DVD sequel, so who knows? fair um yeah i don't think she was in it i don't see her in the cast yeah the um i just remember the trailer like and, and if memory serves correctly like didn't they have a scene where they're in Times square and the and the and the video started playing the only thing i remember from the trailer for rings was that that movie was starting to play fucking everywhere for yeah some it, was, it, was, like, it was like in the Times big, square and, and everything i can't else. say i remember the Times square part but i the big thing i remember was it's on the video portions on the plane like, it's just being shown to everybody. I don't remember a Times Square thing, but... Because, like, I don't remember that, but I remember something happens at the end that was pretty dumb. Let me check something on IMDb here. Because, again, this is another movie that I watched on the ships. So... <laughs> there was nothing else to do at the time, so you're like, meh. Yeah... Yeah, these movies are very, like, other than the first one, like, they're very forgettable. Like, the only thing I really remember from part two was that the girl was possessing the kid from the first one or some shit like I that. I do remember reading something about that. Yeah, like, uh, I, he walks into a bathroom and I guess the girl from the tape possesses I don't know. It wasn't good. It was very forgettable, very boring. There was, like, another copy of the tape or something. I don't know. It's, yeah, some stuff happened, you know. Yeah, the, the, the thing with the thing happened, then shit just kind of went away. I don't fucking know. Yeah, it's... Yeah, I'm not going to remember this in T minus 10 seconds. Uh, yep, I already, already forgot. forgot. The, um, uh, yeah, I, I don't I don't know. It, it was just one of those things. I saw the trailer for it, and I'm like, nah. Yeah, and that might have been... And I don't remember a Times Square scene, so that might have been an alternate ending, but, like, at the end of the movie we got, it's like the video goes viral. Oh, good. So the world's fucked. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. That's why we didn't get a sequel, because everybody died. 
Yeah. Everybody's done in that universe. They all they all fucking died. Yeah. The uh, like this would be a shitty time for that thing to hit because with the internet and all and idiots just like oh my god look at this video it kills you. The uh, <laughs> which I mean everybody I w- in the horror community sees it. Nope. <laughs> which my sequel to that would be after it did go viral because you got a whole bunch of people watching it. Presumably at the same time, yeah. or within minutes of each other. Like you're gonna have weeks and, of people just getting murdered. Yeah, and it's like the airplane scene does kind of establish that more than one TV can turn into the uh, well shot. Yeah. So it's like, do we have like millions of Samaras just crawling at screens everywhere at some point? Like, like it just becomes a pandemic to a degree. That- yeah. Now that I think about it, that wouldn't be a bad idea for a movie. I don't know. Can we get the rights to that? I don't know. Probably not. But Mark, I, mean, I need it's you to get that, on the phone I... with whatever company owns it, see what we can do for a big budget remake, and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll go from there. Yeah. <laughs> Which, I mean, if you want that, you can also check out the comic book Mimetic. Is that what the... Is it based off of? No, it's just about a weaponized meme that basically there's this meme going around the internet on this day, and everybody's obsessed with it. Just like absolutely obsessed, um, like unhealthily obsessed with it. Um, and then 12 hours after you watch it, you basically become um, uh, the, the, not a zombie, but you basically become this bloodthirsty, mindless thing. And it just kind of spirals out from there. It takes some weird turns, but um, yeah, if you do want a story about weaponized memes, Mimetic by James Tinian IV. He's actually the current writer for Batman. Anyone mm. ever heard of Smile.jpg? Nope. Yeah, I heard about that. Yeah, it's uh, essentially <laughs> this picture of a demonic husky with like human teeth and he's just smiling. It's like a really dark background and everything. Apparently, if you look at it, it'll haunt you for the rest of your life, give you nightmares and shit like that. Hmm. It was a pretty good uh, short story or horror story. All right. Um, then I also remember Fear.com, but I never finished it mm. and i watched i started watching it when it first got on dvd since i remember literally nothing about it um other pg-13 horror movies eight-legged freaks oh my god you I know totally forgot I, about that I, I, that makes sense i then i love that movie it's was such great. a fun movie it's a great movie it's it, it, it is a Perfect homage to the B movie, the B creature movies back from the fifties. It's it is a great, yes, and it's just great a, movie. I, I just love how the fucking spiders. Oh, it's like talk, what the fuck? Fucking talking to each other. <laughs> it was shit, dude. It was like our generation's tremors. Like it kind our of, generation's tremors was tremors. Yeah, mm. which I'll be talking about that soon. Oh, sorry. Yeah, no, the, our generation's tremors was tremors. Now tremors came out like way before us. The when did Tremors was out? 90. It was in the early 90s. Okay, 90. 90. When did the second one come out? 96. Yeah, dude. It was... It's uh, it's our generation's Tremors. No, it, 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 it yeah, is. Yeah. The, uh, and then uh, the third one, what was it, like 2000? The third one would have been, yeah, probably like 2000, 2001. Yeah. The which that's, I... well, that was kind of like a backdoor pilot for the TV series. And the TV series was great, too. The way I felt about when I was watching Tremors is the same way I feel when I'm watching A-Legged Freaks. It's just... A bunch of crazy redneck idiots fighting off monsters. I still like... Look, I love Alien Freaks, but the Tremors... Like, the first three movies... I, and, wrong. I like Tremors yeah. more, but I, but it's the same feeling of uh, of a bunch of rednecks Now that we're talking about this, I actually want to go back and watch the fucking show, because Bert is great in that show. And it's just really ridiculous. 
It's just a goddamn shame that sci-fi canceled the yeah. real well, I mean, fucking that's, show. They kind of firefly it. They Did they aired, ever get they a aired it out of order. Um, they kept changing the night that it aired. Um, no, no, no. I'm talking about like the one with the remake, the show. Oh, the, the revival. Yeah. Okay. Like I would have loved to have seen that. Yeah, but I would have loved just to see died. that. Too. Did they ever release a reason for that? No, but looking at the trailer, I am going to guess budget played a huge part in it. Because that yeah. did not look, it not only did it not look cheap, it didn't even look inexpensive. Like that looked like they shelled out a lot of money for it. But what about Especially 12 if you Monkeys? Got, that seemed, from what you were telling me, it sounded like that was a really expensive show to make. That's a good point. Um, that one basically just had a handful of sets. Um, but it also, you don't have Kevin Bacon coming back. You don't have Fred Ward coming back. You don't have giant CG worms that you're making. Um, were the worms CG or were they practical? Because I could have swore I there's saw practical. A one, and they probably had practical in there. But there's that one shot of Kevin Bacon staring down the gravel. That it was clearly, so you cannot get a practical worm to do what it was doing in that shot. Um, it's been a while since I've seen the trailer. All I know is when I saw that trailer, I was super excited. Yeah. And just disappoint. God, that looks really good. It really did. It, it, it did really we actually, good. you know, the last two Tremors movies that came out with, they've just, well, I haven't seen the Arctic one. That's just neither. That's I, the, I don't have it in me. Only one I haven't seen. Same. And because I didn't see that one, I have no plans on seeing the one that's coming out in October. There's like, another one coming out in October. Shrieker Island. Co-starring Napoleon Dynamite, or at least the actor who played John Heater. That's his name. Oh boy! Um, they gave like, up the show for this. Yeah. Um, uh, five was the first one not to have any involvement from the original creators. It does show five. Absolutely. I I did not hate five. I kind of did. I enjoyed it as I watched it. But I really have no desire to sit through it again. I thought 5 felt like a huge departure from what Tremors was. Yeah, yeah you have Burt in it, but it didn't feel like a Tremors movie. The first four movies, even though I'm not a big fan of the fourth movie, it still felt like a Tremors movie. I agree with that. Um, but yeah, like, like 5 got enough enjoyment out of me as I watched it, but I have no desire to ever revisit it. And then I saw like a clip or a trailer of the sixth one, and I was like, Nope. No, and it's the same director as five, and it's going to be the same director as seven. So it's just like, and he, he's a director that does a lot of like straight to DVD stuff. Like he's done like one of the one or two of the Jarhead sequels. Oh God, yeah. Um, so it's like, yeah, it's, no involvement from the original creators. It's really disappointing because um, you see the straight to TV movies that were the second and third movie, and then you look at these three movies, and you're like. What the fuck happened? Yeah. Like, Tremors 1, 2, and 3 are phenomenal movies. Like I've only seen 1 and 2. I, I don't understand how the second one was a straight-to-TV movie. That movie was... Well, the second one was straight-to-video. Uh, so, ha- so what happened with... And 2 is actually my favorite of them. That's um, fair. We actually... I watched that today, and Zach and Mark joined me for the second half. Yeah, um, yeah 2 would be my favorite. Uh, which, I mean, the first two are just classics and actually the first two uh, like every vacation before i was 12 years old for some reason tremors would tremors and tremors 2 would always be playing on tv at the hotel like we would get to the hotel at night turn on the tv and there's tremors or tremors (laughs) or tremors 2 i love it 
Absolutely um, love that. Want to know something funny? For me, it's not Tremors. It's the Mummy movies. Okay. The Mummy and the Mummy Return. Uh, Return of the was it Return of the King the sequel? I forget. No, no. There no. is the Mummy, the Mummy Returns, the Mummy Returns, and, and Mummy Two of the Dragon, Two of the Dragon Emperor. I don't know why I thought it was Return of the King. No, the Mummy and the Mummy Returns. Like every time this happens at every goddamn convention, me and Matt and Ray go to. It's just like, well, we're watching the Mummy tonight. <laughs> um, so yeah, I love the first two. Uh, so for the second one, it was originally going to be a seventeen million dollar budget wide theatrical release taking place in Australia. Kevin Bacon was supposed to return and Reba was supposed to return. Um, Reba was Bert's wife in the first one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. A lot of people forget that. Yeah. I, I Yeah, it's an easy thing to forget. Um, but Reba was busy with a tour at the time, so she had to drop out. And Kevin Bacon was actually enthusiastic about it. But... Ron Howard offered him Apollo 13, so it's not that he didn't didn't want to do Tremors 2. It's that when Ron Howard asks if you want to be in Apollo 13, you say yes. I get it. I'm going to say I'm disappointed in him because no matter what, Apollo 13 is a good movie. Tremors is a much better movie in my opinion. I would rather watch Tremors than an Apollo 13. When's the last time you've seen Apollo 13? When did Apollo 13 come out? 95. Dude, it's probably apple. roughly around 2000. Honestly, man, to me, it's apples and oranges. It's completely yeah. different. They're completely different movies. They like, are completely different movies, movies, but if you had to sit me down and choose between the two, I'm like, I'm going to watch Tremors. Like, for me, Apollo 13 is probably one of my 10 favorite movies ever made, so it's uh, you're not going to get me saying a bad thing about Apollo 13 ever. That's fair. Um, but yeah, so, yeah, he went on to do Apollo 13, and I mean, it's, from what I understand, he's always liked tremors like i mean that's why he was going to come back for the, for the sci-fi show series. which would have been great um and so it's a shame so anyway once kevin bacon and reba left uh universal slashed the budget to four million Jesus. and they switched it over to its direct to video uh studio well did, you gotta remember too man back back then um straight to video then is not what straight to video is now well that's also true but but also too when you're talking about movies in the 90s it like now nowadays it's actually it's hilarious because now it's a lot more built on from a marketing perspective more built on genre or on directors. But back then it was all about the act, names, actors' yeah. names. It was all about like they want to be able to put Kevin Bacon up there on on top and everything else. And like that to them was the their money, you know. And nowadays it's it's more about genre. Like you weren't seeing Commando, you were seeing like Arnold, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Schwarzenegger in Commando, Commando. Yeah. like. Like, that was what it was all about. So it makes sense from what the perspective... Like, nowadays, like, Tremors would be would be able to hold its own in a genre, you know, centric. Because now it's all about the IP. Unfortunately, that's the direction they took with these recent movies. It doesn't... Like, it's literally just the name. It has worms and it has Bert in it. Yeah, yeah and then that's not Tremors. Yeah. The, um... It's um, like... I do think you need Bert in the movies. Like, he is an yeah. absolute must. If there's anybody you needed... It's Bert, but you also gotta make the movie fucking good. Well, yeah, that's that's true. That's now. Important. Here's my question: Was Bert gonna be in it originally? I believe so. Okay, as long as Bert was always gonna be in, because like then... if Reba was gonna come back, and I mean Reba was Bert's wife. Yeah. So yeah, so pretty much when they slashed the budget four million, they from what I understand, what we got is basically just a reworked version of the original script. Okay. So. Grady probably wouldn't have been in it 
because they would have had Kevin Bacon. And in fact, you, you guys weren't in the room yet, but there's like a line he has at the beginning of the movie where it's like when Fred Ward decides, okay, I'll go to Mexico and kill these things for you. And the guy who hires him is like, yes. Uh, and it's like, I read about all your exploits. And Gray's like, I'm not the original guy. So I'm wondering <laughs> if that was kind of like a slight... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I can see it. Yeah, the, so I'm I'm pretty sure we we would not have had Grady because we would have had Kevin Bacon. Regardless, I think um, Grady is a good character, and yeah, he's one of my at, favorite annoying sidekicks. Yeah, and at the end of the day, you still get the greatest line in one of my favorite lines in movie history <laughs> from this movie. What's the line, Zach? Well, there there are two lines, but it's part of the same string of lines for me it's that one specific okay sure too but the main specific line i was denied critical need to know information (laughs) followed shortly followed by i am am completely completely out of ammo ammo. (laughs) it's never happened to me before that's a great one don't get me wrong but the denied critical need to know information and the delivery of said line by Bert is just so good. I remember being a kid and seeing that and laughing my ass off, thinking, this is great. <laughs> the, the, the fucking explosion. It's, is this far enough? And he keeps, no! He keeps, keep moving! He keeps running. <laughs> it's, and like, it's like, this will have to do. Yeah. I'm like, Jesus, Bert. The um, uh, Bert is such a great character. Really oh yeah, it's, it's super. Well, dude, um, that, that's what made that like all the like that's what made Tremors like was the combination of the first one that it would made the combination of all of them. Do you know who loves that movie? Hmm. And it's shocking that he loves it. Your dad. My dad loves fucking Tremors. Dude, I can see your dad dude, loving it. He he's like he's like every time it's on, I have to fucking watch. He's like they're so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> they're so damn stupid. I love it. The um, uh, it's, it's, we got we, the um, uh, we got him. That, that, that's great for BFS. There are two more still out there. Oh man, a fucking oh! I, I didn't want to. I didn't want to though. I know we all love Charmers though, but I didn't want to skirt though. Eight legged freaks because I know you brought yeah. it up. I wanted to hear you talk about it. Um, it's fun. Again, it's been a while since I've seen it, but David Arquette is fun in it. Um, I like the spiders. Scarlett Johansson. You do have Scarlett Johansson post Home Alone 3. She was in Home Alone 3? She was in Home Alone 3. She was the sister. Then again, who saw Home Alone 3? Well, I mean, it is my favorite of the Home Alones. He's lying, but that's fine. That is I, I'm not big on the Home Alone series, so I like it in, <clears throat> in, in an ironic sense. Sure. It's not a good movie. Sure. The, uh, yeah. Actually, I scratched that. Home Alone 2 is my favorite just because of Tim Curry. There you go. Yeah, that makes sense. That, that, that's better. That, that checks I, I out. accept that answer. <laughs> the, um, uh, I, well, I know, I know Sarah will appreciate that answer. The, um, uh, but. She's a huge Tim Curry fan. Uh, but I, I also Tim like Curry the fan. spider designs in it. Um, it's just a really fun movie. It's like Gremlins, but with spiders, which I guess would be arachnophobia. More or less, I, I I think that this has more in common with Tremors than it does right. with, with. I with, will agree with Mark on that. One. The um uh, like especially like all that like the one the deputy um the big the fat deputy is hilarious. Oh god. The um and all like the crazy like the crazy shit that happens in that movie is just so much damn fun. And actually, one of my favorite uh, dirt bike scenes in any movie is in that movie. 
the uh, when when all the dudes are are, are Man, jumping over the wait. sand. I cannot wait for you to see Jeepers Creepers three. The uh, is there is is there really good? Uh, I, I I feel like we're gonna have a comparison talk at this, oh a, after boy. seeing that movie. The um, uh, that is one of my favorite dirt bike scenes. Brandon um, came to me praising that scene when he saw it. That doesn't sound like me. He was so ecstatic. He's like, oh my God. He denies the existence of Jeepers Creepers 3. When yeah. he's asleep, he does. The uh, I am a Jeepers Creepers 3 denier. The um, a big fan of both, you know, uh, uh, both first movies. I've only seen the first two movies, so, but... Uh, these it took guys... me a while to finally see the third one, and then I regretted doing it immediately after. <laughs> it's not good. Me and Wes are just like, how bad can this movie really be? Uh, Brandon said there was like Super Mario Turtles in it or something like that. Oh, this was stupid. That yeah. doesn't make physical sense. The laws of physics are being completely denied right now. Do you know we're going to have to do like a screaming room of that? It's going to happen. No, we don't have to. <laughs> is a thing. Brandon's like, I have to edit that one. Fuck you. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, that's going to happen. The uh, But A-Ligger Freaks is awesome. I, I agree. I think that might have been like, that was one of, you know, that was one of like the early one of the earlier horror movies that I watched like on my own. Like I wasn't with anybody else. Like I was just on and I'm like, oh, this is fucking cool. Let's check this out. And also I was a huge David Arquette fan because of um, uh, because of that movie Ready to Rumble. Oh, it was it had nothing to do with Scream? The uh, No, I had not watched Scream at that point. The um, I, I, That was not, my first David Arquette movie was Ready to Rumble. I don't think I ever saw that. Oh, dude, how have you not seen that fucking movie? That movie's hilarious. Is it based Scream. off the game? I don't believe so, but it, it is all, it is, it, have you ever seen that one? Very rumbled now. Yeah, okay, so it is a, um, uh, let me, yeah, hold on, let me look at yeah, the actor's um, name. So my the, first David Arquette movie was Scream, but of course I was too young to know who he was. The first movie where I was aware of David Arquette was Eight-Legged Freaks. My brother actually showed me a Scream off of a pay-per-view. Wow. Nice. Oh my god, pay-per-view. Yeah. Remember pay-per-view? <laughs> Remember my dad back in the day had a black box. The um, you just get uh, pay per view for free. It's pretty sweet. Lucky him. Pretty sweet. Um, uh, no, so Ready Rumble is like is was made right around that same time. It's literally David Arquette and Scott Con, uh, um, and they are trying to get a old washed up wrestler back into the WWF. Oh jeez. Wait, I, which one? The um, uh, it, um, he's just a made up wrestler. His name's um. Uh, okay, so he's not an actual WWE guy, yeah, but, but, or WWF but, but at the time. A bunch of WWE and WWF guys in, in the movie. Um, uh, uh, Goldberg is in it. Uh, Sting is in it. Um, there's a bunch of different wrestlers. Fucking in it. Sting, man. Dude, it, oh, dude, I fucking love Sting. Dude, then you will love him in this movie. It is fantastic. It's a ridiculous. You said Goldberg was in it as well. Yeah, Goldberg was in it as yeah, well. This was around the time Goldberg was doing some movies and shit. He was great in The Longest Yard. The um, yeah, this was like in the height of the WWE, um, uh, you know, ease uh, popularity. It was in 2000. But anyway, um, yeah, A League of Freaks is awesome. I highly recommend it. Any more? Okay. Uh, I'm trying to think if I have anything else to say about the Tremors movies. Um, yeah, I think the effects in Tremors 2 still hold up really well for a 1996 straight-to-video movie. Considering the CGI is still yeah. better than most, if uh, not all, Marvel movies, I which, agree. The CGI isn't bad. It's The movements are... A, you can definitely tell by, by the super smooth movements that they're CG. Um, but it's they still look really good. Like, the, it's still super they detailed. They don't look like they're plucked out of a fucking video game. Yeah. Like, they still look That's true. real. It's it maybe if 
I, I don't know how CG works back then. I don't really know how CG works in general because I'm not a CG person. Um, back then, I couldn't tell you. Today, I could give yeah. you some general ideas. Like, I know that they were made in a computer and that because this was pre-digital intermediate, so it actually... They would actually print the images back onto the negative. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the movements yeah, doing are... it on film. I it, these are things I want to try. Like I do want to edit like a whole film reel one day, and then I also want to try doing some like compositing onto a film reel as well, just to see what it was like. Yeah. Because I imagine it must have been. Yeah, people think it's hard today. <laughs> yeah, tried doing it back then. It must yeah. have been a fucking nightmare. Um, but yeah, it's the effects. The, the practical effects are still top notch. Like, there is not a single bad practical effect in the second one. None. And like I said, the CG is good. It's just, you can tell by the movements that they're CG. Yeah, but you can also see, like, along look, the outlines of the creatures. Like, it, it, yeah. it's good, but it's not quite perfect. Yeah. It's, it's, but again, for a made-for-TV, well, straight-to-video video movie in the 96, and it's better than movies today, it's like, come on. Yeah, that's, that's actually That really says a lot. It does say a lot. It really does. Um, that's why I have such high standards for visual effects and major motion pictures because it's like you have no fucking excuse they can do this shit in the 90s why the hell can't we do it today I'm sure there are business reasons that we're just not aware of right now we need to maximize like, profits that, that's always going to be the thing because like um, like with our stuff right now our deadlines are the deadlines we give us so it's if something's not up to our standards okay We'll, we just won't release it when we thought we were. We'll take another week or so. Um, but it's like when you're in that world, it's like there are going to be deadlines. So I'm sure there are plenty of CG artists who work on these movies who, if you were to ask them, they'd be like, yeah, that model, is. we just didn't have the time to get it as good as we know we could. We could make it better, but we just weren't allowed the time to actually do it. Um, so I'm sure there's a lot of that going around. Yeah, and there always is. Yeah. Um, it, it's like, with my own work, if you say, hey, that shot's bad, chances are I know it's bad. <laughs> but there's going to, but there's probably a story behind why it turned out that way. Let me sit here and tell you a story on why that shot truly does suck. Mm. Opens up a book, takes out uh, his reading glasses. Two <laughs> hours later. And that is the story of why this shot We were shot filming sucks. in a room that nobody could light, and we were given five minutes to film in there. Because yeah. logic. Yeah, that checks out. <laughs> yeah. yeah that checks I feel like out. I was on a really bad set recently, but I know I wasn't. And we had something stupid we had to deal with, but I know I wasn't. What the fuck was I thinking? I don't know. Squirrels. Mm. Um, so, yeah. And then there's Monster Squad. Early PG-13 movie uh, from 1987. Um, has all the classic monsters in it. It's a good time. Uh, and then I also want to talk about... Twilight Zone the movie from 1983, rated PG. Um, PG? I, yep, this was before the PG-13 rating, I believe. Mm. Um, when did the PG-13 rating start? Was that 90s? Like late 90s? I Red mean, early 90s? Dawn was the first. Oh, so this is that was the 80s. 80s. So yeah. that would have been like 85 or 86. Because the whole, um, the, the whole thing was... 84. It was the whole thing was with Temple of Doom. That, yeah, and Temple Steven's, of Doom and Gremlins. Yeah, uh, yeah, both of them being, you know, suggested by Steven Spielberg to say, hey, you know, you might want to consider doing, you yeah. know, this. Um, so that would have been 84. Uh, so Twilight Zone, the movie, kind of a mixed bag. It's 
four stories in a prologue. Three of the, three of the stories are based off of pre-existing Twilight Zone episodes. Um, so you have John Landis's segments. He did the prologue and the first story, which is the only original story. Yeah, Joe Dante on the third story and George Miller on the fourth. Um, John Landis's segment is about this man who goes on this whole racist tirade in a bar. Um, he goes after the Jews, the African Americans, uh, Asians. Like he's just really just ripping them because he lost a promotion to somebody. And so he's asked to leave the bar, and when he leaves, he finds himself in Nazi Germany. <laughs> and they see him as a Jew who's, like, wearing, like, the Star of David and everything. And so then they're going after him. And then he finds himself in, like, 1800s America at the height of the Ku Klux Klan, and they don't see a white man. They see him as a black man. So they're trying to get him. And then he ends up in Vietnam. And a whole bunch of U.S. soldiers see him as one of the Viet Cong. And then he ends up back in Nazi Germany. And he's taken off on one of the trains. Wow. Um, that was a segment that had the infamous accident, helicopter accident on it. Yeah. Um, I don't really want to go into that too much we've already gone yeah, into it we've already gone into it and there are countless books and other videos that go into it so it's i just want to focus on the stories right now um and then before that there's the prologue with albert brooks and dan Aykroyd, and it's basically just driving on this like mountain road and it's like in the middle of the night dan Aykroyd is a hitchhiker and basically albert brooks and dan Aykroyd just like well, actually, Albert Brooks is like, do you want to see something scary? Sure. And he just turns off the headlights on his car. And he's just like, the road's straight. Like, it's, you don't even need to see anything going wrong. It's like, the road's straight. But it freaks people out to turn off the lights. And then they get talking about old TV shows. And they start talking about the Twilight Zone. And then um, Dan Ackroyd's like, hey, do you want to see something really scary? Sure. Pull oh, over. Oh, you one. can't show me? No, I need to pull over. And so then Albert Brooks pulls over. Dan Aykroyd just like hides his face. What are you doing over there? And then when Dan Aykroyd reveals his face, he's like this monster who basically tears Albert Brooks apart. Camera tilts up, goes into the classic Twilight Zone narration and theme. But instead of Rod Serling, since Rod Serling was passed on by this point, they had Burgess Meredith, who starred in, I think, five episodes of the original series. Oh, okay. Yep. Um, For everybody who doesn't remember, that is Rocky's trainer. Yep. Um, and also the Penguin from the Adam West Batman. That is also true. Um, so then we go into the first segment, which I just went over. And then there's segment two, which was Spielberg's, based off of the episode Kick the Can. Basically, residents at a retirement home become kids again through playing Kick the Can. Not a good segment. Okay. Um, you can tell Spielberg was on autopilot. Because he just wanted to get this product done with because of the accident that happened on the first segment. Yeah. But then the last two segments, the ones by the ones by Joe Dante and George Miller, are really good. In fact, Joe Dante's talked about this a little bit on his own podcast about how after the accident, the producers just kind of like they still needed the movie to be made because you know they put money into it, but they just didn't care about it anymore. So they 
just left them alone. And this was Joe Dante's and George Miller's first time working within the studio system. So they were left completely alone. And they're just like, hey, this is pretty great working with the studio. We have money and we're left alone to do what we want. Oh, if only they knew. Um, <laughs> hey, but, can I fill this building up with cement? No! <laughs> but I want that comes. That's like seven years after this. That comes later. Uh, so Joe Dante's segment is based off of It's a Good Life which is about this kid who basically has these powers where he can like read thoughts and he can create things and turn people into things. And he forces people to always have happy thoughts. He lives in this little town and like the entire town is afraid of him. They're, they have to bend to his every whim. And basically he makes the entire world disappear. Mm. So it's just that town, and it's like a crops town, like corn and whatnot. And um, there's a birthday party for one of the adults. One of them gets a little drunk, and the kid basically turns him into a jack-in-the-box, and he gets so mad that he makes it snow so hard that it kills all the crops. Jesus. But because everybody's so afraid of him, nobody still wants to you know, get mad at him. And it's basically an allegory for living in a totalitarian society. Yeah. Um, so Joe Dante, for his segment, his thought process on this was, these episodes have already been made. They're already good. People already know them. What can I do differently with minds that I'm not giving them just the same experience over again? And so he managed that the kid just ha- is basically creates his own makeshift family um, that he won't let leave this house. And the kid's obsessed with cartoons. You definitely see the Joe Dante Looney Tunes influence in this one. Um, and so he'll like, if somebody, if he gets mad at somebody in this family, he'll put them into a cartoon in the TV. And in fact, his sort of fake sister is played by Nancy Cartwright, AKA the voice of Bart Simpson. And she's the one that gets trapped and eaten by trapped in a cartoon and eaten by one of the characters, uh, so she's dead. Oh <laughs> uh, shit! <laughs> so yeah, it's uh, it it doesn't match the original episode, but it's different enough and kooky enough that it's well worth a watch. And then you have George Miller's segment based off of the episode Nightmare at Twenty Thousand Feet. Which is, of course, the classic William Shatner seeing a gremlin on the wing of a plane story. There's someone on the wing. And his segment is just crazy. Um, Like, he really leans into the terror of it. And the original episode, the gremlin looks like a teddy bear. And in fact, uh, that episode was directed by Richard Donner of like Superman fame, The Omen, all four Lethal Weapon movies, The Goonies. Um, yeah, he's been around for a long time. He's done a lot of great movies. Um, and there's a commentary where on the Blu-ray and I think the DVD as well, where he's being interviewed by the author of the Twilight Zone Companion. And he's talking about how I know everybody says they don't like the Gremlin costume. Trust me, nobody on that set likes the costume either. Because, like, this was fifth season Twilight Zone, and the network cut Twilight Zone's budget every season. 
I've said this on many different podcasts, but the, but they the network always had it out for Twilight Zone. Yeah, they always did. And also, I believe the set, the sound stage they were filming on, was double booked. So instead of having the usual three days to film this episode, they had a day and a half. Because screw them. So yeah, a day and a half to film, and it's still one of the most iconic TV episodes ever. ever. And so yeah, so George Miller. Uh, did that instead of William Shatner of John Lithgow. And in fact, there's a joke on Third Rock from the Sun where uh, John Lithgow and William Shatner meet, and William Shatner is just like, I saw something on the wing of my plane, and John Lithgow was, was like, That happened to me too. That's um, awesome. Wow, this costume really is bad. Yeah. The, I uh, had no, like, when you said it's bad, I'm just like, How bad can. Oh. Yeah, dude. and it's like everything else about the episode is top notch. The directing, the acting, the cinematography, the editing, the sound, the music. Like, it is great. Like, like this it's looks not... like a half assed furry exactly. bat Hulk. Um, like, it looks like the bear costume in The Shining. Uh, eh? What the fuck is that? <laughs> yeah, Jesus. I'm looking at the right one, right? Yeah. What the fuck is this? Dude, did they steal that from the Star Trek set? No, dude, like, look look at this and think of the 80s Hulk. The, yeah. the resemblance is there. With like, fur. Exactly. Yeah, like, like, it's like, like Hulk's just like, I'm going to grow some hair and go fuck up an airplane. Dude, that doesn't look like a gremlin. That it, looks... It, looks, it looks like a, 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 a Yeti. Yeah. Like, a it, Yeti's it, it's not good, accurate. but literally everything about the episode is great. Except for the Gremlin costume. Get it, get it, get it, yeah, hit it up to William Shatner. I think this is the remake version. Oh, yes. Let's see. Yeah, that looks way better. Oh, it's so much better. Night and fucking day. Yeah. The, and um, so the movie version is actually closer to the original story. Okay. Um, in the original story, the man is traveling alone, and the episode they gave him a wife to travel with. Mm-hmm. Um... And then it's like all the other changes kind of stem from that. But for the most part, the George Miller movie version is closer to the original Richard Matheson story. Um, Yeah, I love it. Like, I love both the original episode and the movie version. Uh, It's just a shame that the costume in the original version is what it is. But in all honesty, I love the story and everything else so much, I almost don't even care. And honestly, most people don't even remember that. Most people remember William Shatner's performance from that. Yeah. From that, and give it up to William Shatner for being a part of two of the most iconic moments in television history. Was obviously that episode and the first interracial kiss on television was in Star Trek. Yeah, but it's Star Trek, Mark. No one cares about Star Trek. Uh, apparently, a lot of people do. Who really cares about? So everyone is. Look, it's Star Wars, man. Apples and oranges, bro. Anyway, Not apples and oranges. Go on, go on, Brandon. Um, so yeah, that's the last segment in the movie. Um, it is a mixed bag of a movie, but if I'm being honest here, it's also probably one of the most memorable horror movies I've ever seen. Fair enough. Like it's been a hot minute since I've seen it, but it's like, there are so many images from all four segments and the prologue that I remember. There are a lot of lines I remember. There are a lot of moments I remember. Like I, it is just... It is one of those memorable movies I've ever seen. And so even though the first segment's okay, the second segment I really don't like, third one is good but doesn't live up to the original, and then the fourth segment is, I think, stands right up there with the original. Um, it's I love it. 
I, I love the good parts. I love the bad parts. The good, the bad, and the ugly. Fair yeah. enough. Um, and it is unfortunate that it does have the history that it has. Sadly. Um, yeah, when it, it... Like, when... There was a time where uh, my only copy of it was a VHS that I recorded off of HBO <laughs> late one night. Awesome. Because there was no DVD. Um, I think there might have been a Laserdisc. I know there was a VHS released of it. Ah, Laserdisc. It did not get released on DVD until the Blu-ray era. And so, and it actually, it was released at the Blu-ray versus HD DVD era. Mm. Because there is a DVD released, a Blu-ray, and an HD DVD. Um, remember that? Remember HD DVDs? Yep, I oh, remember those. That was, a, that was a nuts. I never war. bothered with those. Well, yeah, everybody knew that the yeah. Sony Sony wasn't going to lose twice. No, no. Um, and in all in all honesty, Blu-ray was the better format. Oh, it absolutely, yeah. without a shadow of a doubt. Cause, um, yeah, because that was back in the day. That was the um, A track versus the versus the cassette, and Sony was the A track, and A track was actually better than than the cassette, but the cassette ended up winning. And there's also Betamax versus VHS. And that okay, that was the big that one. one. That one still that was cracks the, that me was, up to this day. That was the big one because because yeah. um, uh, Betamax was actually better. Betamax was better quality. Where VHS won out though was you can fit two hours in a VHS only. Like it was either I think Betamax was only up to an hour, whereas VHS was only an hour and a half or two hours. Like I know VHS had it. Like VHS basically had a half hour more than Betamax. I can't remember what the exact. I'm gonna go and say were. up to two hours then, yeah. probably. Um, so it was like you could record a full movie on a VHS, whereas you couldn't on a Betamax. Is basically what it came down to. So yeah. if you're a consumer, it's like okay, I want to set my VCR to record this movie. It's two hours. Well, I'm not going to be home to change the tapes over, so I need something that can actually record this. Reliability of it. Yeah. yeah. Um, I remember my Saving Private Ryan set was like two VHSs, I believe. Yeah. And then there's the Godfather set, which was like a fucking (laughs) novel size thing. I remember that. All three of those, it's like, good fucking lord. So, yeah. My grandfather, Um, I I was just like, can we watch this one? We ain't got time for that. (laughs) So, yeah, I do have the Blu-ray of it. Finally, unfortunately, no special features for obvious reasons. But I, I think there's enough history outside of the accident and enough craft in the special effects cinematography makeup um this it really is a top-notch production that unfortunately has the reputation it has and like it is what it is yeah like if i ever meet anybody that worked on the movie i will be asking them like what went into like this effect here or that and it's like because you have four different directors you basically have four different crews but yeah, the segments three and four in particular, like if I ever meet George Miller, my question's not going to be about Mad Max. It's going to be about his Twilight Zone segment. Nice. My question would be like, did you think the first Mad Max was a good movie? <laughs> I like the first Mad Max. I, you are amazing. I, it took me Thank you. three or four times to finally sit through that movie. I thought it was so terrible. All right, let me ask this question before we suffocate from Brandon's ego that's now been burst because you call them amazing. Oh, God. The, uh, um, uh, so... Anybody who could sit through that movie is... You have the patience of a saint. Fair enough. Because so, that movie was a hard watch. You ready for my question of the podcast? Um... Yes. Sure. Fair enough. We can wrap it up. So, obviously we're talking about PG-13 movies. So, 
my question to you guys is what's I'm gonna do it both ways. What's a PG thirteen horror movie that you would love to see the rated R version of? And then what is a rated R version movie that probably could have been PG thirteen? I'm pretty sure I know what Zach's answer is for PG thirteen that he wants to see an R rated version of. Final Girls? No. AVP one? What the fuck is that? Stay alive. <laughs> no, because that movie was shit to begin with. Really? I thought you I thought okay. Yeah, no, like I remember watching it as a kid and it's like, oh cool, this is a cool idea. And then I watched it recently, and I'm like, oh my god, this is fucking stupid. Have well, you I guys mean, ever played a video game before? I heard it wasn't just the violence, it's I heard like full on subplots were hacked out of it. <sighs> Like I like if so you were I, like if you there were there is an unrated version out there, but I that's not yeah. the intent. Like I heard that if like you read a transcript of the movie we got and go through page by page and what the screenplay was supposed to be, you would literally think they're two different movies. That may be true, but yeah, it's like weird. that movie was just bad. Okay, so it, you I, did watch it recently? It's a little recently. <laughs> I don't think it was the unrated version though. But I'm like. Have you ever played a fucking video game before? Do you realize how wrong what you're well, saying? Well, there was a period of time where it's like nobody in a movie knew how to play a video game. It was just, let me randomly hit these joysticks and buttons. And I gotta do this because this is how gamers play. Yeah! I'm living on the edge! The Like most actors that play hackers have no idea how to hack. Click the shit out of that keyboard like you're moving 100 miles an hour. That's that's. And they never the... need to use the mouse. Of course. Never. Why? Why would you want to do that? Why would you ever need to move Dude, your if you're cursor? a real hacker, you don't need a mouse. Bitches use mouses. <laughs> My shirt. So, so, uh, so, which, uh, so, Final Girls would be the other way. How about the other way around? Uh, I just, that's a, no. <laughs> I don't know. There's a few shark movies that probably would have been better if they were rated R, but, you know, off the top of my head, I can't think of any right now. I know I've seen a shit ton of them, but, yeah, Final Girls. I would have loved to have seen the blood and gore in that movie. That's the only thing that's missing from it. The um, I know for me, I, I think I'm I'm definitely with you on Final Girls. I personally would have loved to have seen a rated R version of A Legged Freaks. Um, I thought that would have been cool. Sure. Um, uh, to see that, I also would have. I, I think it'd be cool to see a, a um uh, see a rated R version of Happy Death Day just for just for kicks. I think it would be fun. I'll agree to that. Um, realistically, I, any PG thirteen horror movie I like, put it rated R. I'll probably like it more. It, more or less. And and honestly, the one I think the one movie that probably could have just it, that could have been PG thirteen and you wouldn't have fucking noticed is The Conjuring. Like, there's no reason for that movie to actually be because nobody what dies. Was <laughs> What's up? That's what was gonna be my pick. For is that, that what? Yeah. Like, there's yeah. no like to like me there, like it would be technically no speaking, there's no reason for it to be rated R. No. no Other than no the reason. fact that it's really dark and you'll probably scare a lot of pansies. Dude, it was much. dude. It was a it was a marketing ploy to make that thing rated yeah. R. Yeah. Um, it was rated R because it was scary. Yeah. So, yeah. so that's my pick for R to PG-13. We have the same pick for that. For PG-13 to R, I'm going to go with the first AVP. Yeah, I, I did. Again, I was yeah. mind blown by the fact. I'm like, why the fuck are you making anything with Alien or Predator in it PG-13? It, it, for the exact reason you think it is. No, I know. Stupid marketing bullshit. We need to get this in front of everyone. You have AVP. People are gonna come see it. The uh, but you're not bitter. Um, uh, the... I was ten years old when that movie came out. There was no way in fuck I was missing that movie. 
I had been waiting for that movie for years. I saw Predator 2. The moment I saw that alien skull on his wall, I'm like, this is a thing? When is this happening? Then I played AVP Extinction. There's a game? Where the fuck's the movie? About a year and a half later, there's a trailer? Holy shit! There was no way I was missing that. Nobody in the world was missing that. Yeah, look at how he's still pissed off about a movie that came out in 2004. Yeah, which, I mean, it was a fun movie. It was. It was I, a I, good movie. Debatable. Sure. It wasn't terrible. It's yeah, not the it's, worst thing it's, in the world. It's not... It's not the AVP movie we deserved. It's not the pile of crap a lot of people will have you believe it is. No, but the sequel is. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, watch the Predator-only cut. It's a much better movie. I'm not going to doubt that, but I just don't care. Um, fair enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, that's, that's a big like, fair enough. There, there are no amount of words that can make me care to watch any cut of that movie. I'm going to make you watch it because Wolf is a badass. Anyway. So yeah, the original AVP would be my pick. Yeah, it checks out. Yeah. So, um, Brandon, you want to close this out? All right. Thank you for listening to the Nightmares podcast. You can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, wherever podcasts are available, you can listen to us. Also, be sure to check us out on social media at Midwest Horror Network on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, and And, of course, if you are watching us on YouTube, please uh, stab that like button and smash that subscribe so every time you can be notified. Oh, and also, please make sure you ding that little bell so you can be notified about all the amazing content that uh, we are putting up at all times. And, hey, if you're checking us out on any of our um, uh, audio-only listening experiences, Spotify, Apple Music, please press that follow button so you can make sure that you never miss an episode of the Nightmares podcast. Thank you so much for listening, and we will see you next time on the Nightmares Podcast.